okay, got it. The reason I wanted to show that to you was because, uh, I don't know about you, but I love magic. Um, and I'm always the type of person that was like, how does that happen? You guys, and it would drive me nuts. And I just had to know the answer. And it's always one of those things that once you know, you're like, oh, okay, that was pretty dumb. So at the end of this, if you want me to show you how I do it, then I'll show you. Um, and you'll see how easy and dumb it was. But uh, it's one of those things where I was always driven by questions. And so I don't know about you, but growing up um, and just growing up in church, um, there were there were several times where I would wrestle with questions. And so this is kind of near and dear to my heart. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to go through some. And again, um, if you have any, uh, we'll stop and we will um, take some as well, okay? All right, so here's the first one. You guys ready? All right, first question is, how do you know that God is real? How do you know that God's real? Like how... So, you know, sometimes when you're witnessing to somebody, you might get, they might ask you, well, how can you prove God? What evidence do you have? And there's really several ways that you can answer this question, right? Um, For instance, uh, you can answer it just by creation itself. Um, You can say something like, well, we know the universe began, and because it had a beginning, then something had to cause the universe to begin outside of itself, right? And so whatever that thing is that caused the universe to begin outside of itself had to be all-powerful, right? Had to be personal um, and uh, had to be outside of time and outside of space. So it had to be timeless, spaceless, personal, and all-powerful. Whatever that being is, had to be that in order for the universe to begin. And that being is what we call God, okay? So science tells us the universe had a beginning. Science also tells us that for every uh, cause, there is an effect. And so in other words, something outside of the universe, not inside of the universe, something outside, outside of matter and time and space and energy had to create the universe, had to make it begin. So that's one way of being able to point to a, uh, a God that exists. Um, another reality would be something that I personally like, which is, well, morality. What about morals? Like, how, how does somebody know the difference between good and evil, right? Now, you might say, well, we know the difference between good and evil because the Bible says so. Well, do we need the Bible to let us know what's right and wrong? Like, does, do we need to have the Bible to be able to tell us it's wrong to murder a child or it's wrong to, you know, steal something of your neighbors? No, we don't need the Bible for that, right? There's something within us that knows that's wrong. Um, so where does that come from? You say, well, maybe it comes from... The culture. Our culture is, tells us what's right and what's wrong. Well, okay, but whose culture is right and wrong? In some cultures, if you're gay, you are to be killed. In other cultures, if you're gay, you are to be loved. Well, what culture is right and what culture is wrong? And then who's to say that that person is the one that determines that that culture is correct? Well, maybe we learned 
what right and wrong is just from evolution, right? So through time, um, man evolved, humanity evolved, and, and humanity learned what was right and wrong because that's what was good for humanity to prosper. Well, whose definition of humanity, humanity's prosper, being, being prosperous are we going to listen to, right? Stalin's definition? Hitler's definition? Whose definition? Who is it that we're going to believe is the most prosperous for humanity? So it can't be evolution. And yet we can't escape that there is this moral code, whether you are an agnostic, an atheist, a Christian, a Buddhist, whatever you are, that you can't escape that there is some sort of moral code written on your heart, some sort of law that is written on your heart that comes from somewhere, well, if there's a moral law, then there must be a moral law giver. So there are probably another six or seven ways that we can point to how we know that a God exists. But those are really kind of two powerful ones that you could probably just quickly give somebody as well. Um, Science tells us that the universe had a beginning uh, and therefore there had to be something outside of the universe to make it begin, cause and effect. Or, well, all of us have a moral code, right? We all have a moral ethic. And where does that come from if God does not exist? And the reality is if God does not exist, then morality does not exist. That moral code is now gone. And therefore, then there is no right or wrong, good or evil. Not really, it's subjective. And what that means is what's right for you might be wrong for me. And what's right for me, according to me, might be wrong according to you. And you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Why can't we live that way? What's wrong for you and what's right for you might be wrong for me. And what's right for me might be wrong for you. Why can't we just live that way? You live according to your moral code and I'll live according to my moral code. Well, there's a problem with that um, because what happens when my moral code comes against your moral code? Or what happens when your moral code comes against mine? For instance, let's just say I believe in survival of the fittest. Let's just say my moral code comes from survival of the fittest. And so what that means is I am going to do whatever it takes for my family to survive. And so I believe it's good for me to kill somebody who might be in the way of me getting a promotion at work because they're in the way of my family thriving. So I'm good with that. I'm good with going and taking somebody else's wife because it's the betterment for me, for my happiness. And if I'm happy, my family's happy. So I can go into your house and I can, you know, get your wife or your mom or your sister. And that's fine for me. It's my moral code. That's right in my mind. Would you grant me that? Oh, okay. Of course not. So it can't be well, why don't you just do whatever you think is right and I'll just do whatever I think is right? Because at some point, what we think is right is going to collide and there has to be truth somewhere. There has to be truth somewhere. Okay, so how do we know God is real? Okay, number two. Any questions so far? No? Okay, if you have one, let me know. Okay, number two. 
Uh, how do you know what the Bible says is true? Okay, that's a pretty good one, right? So if, you're, if you are witnessing to somebody, if you are spreading the love of Jesus Christ, if you're inviting somebody to church, you know, you might get this question, well, how do you know that that Bible that you're reading, that you're studying from, that people are preaching to you out of, how do you know that what it says is even correct, is even right? Okay, there's a couple ways of answering this, but um, someone once said this. They said, um, I don't believe in Jesus because of the Bible, but I believe in the Bible because of Jesus. I'll say it again. I don't believe in Jesus because of the Bible, but I believe in the Bible because of Jesus. And this is what they mean by that. If Jesus is who he says he is, if he is, if, right? And if he did what he claimed to do, if, then that would mean that he really is the son of God, right? So if his claims are true, if he really did what he, what he said he did, if he really is who he said he is, so if he really died on the cross for our sins, if he really resurrected from the dead, if he really did those things, if he really is who he claims to be, which is the son of God and God himself, if that's true, then we need to believe him. We should follow him. We should, of course we should. Of course, he's God, right? Well, Jesus himself quotes from the Old Testament. In fact, every single book except for one, he quotes from the Old Testament and he does so using it in a place of authority. In other words, he's saying, well, the Old Testament says, and he, he quotes something from some verse from the Old Testament using it as uh, something that we can rely on, something that we can trust. And if he trusted it, then we can trust it. So in other words, the reason I believe that the Bible is true and everything that it teaches is because Jesus believed the Bible is true. You see? And the reason that matters is because I believe that the evidence shows that Jesus did what he said he was going to do and he is who he says that he is. Does that make sense? So sometimes people say, yeah, but isn't the Bible like some old, you know, book that was written by, you know, uh, these old guys a long, long time ago? And, you know, for me, we can have that discussion, sure. But at the end of the day, if I'm following Jesus Christ, and if Jesus Christ says that the Bible is true, then I'm going to believe that it's true. Now, if somebody wants to raise questions about Jesus, then that's another conversation. Well, how do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Well, how do you know he is who he says he is? How do you know? Well, isn't he just one of like many other religious leaders that came and made claims throughout history? Uh, and we can have that discussion. But at the end of the day, the best way for us to know that we can rely on the Bible is because Jesus relied on the Bible. And so if we begin to, um, if we begin to have doubts about scripture, which we do, right? We, we read passages and I mean, I don't know how much you guys actually read like some of the Old Testament passages, but some of those, those, some of those are hard to swallow, right? When, you know, um, God's people goes in and slaughters, you know, men, women, babies, children, that's hard to read. And, and when you read a passage like that, two things will happen. 
Either you just kind of gloss over it, which means you probably don't even really think that happened, or you really do believe that happened. And if you really do believe that happened, there should be something inside of you that says, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel like the Jesus I know. What's, there's something wrong with this picture, right? There should be something in you that feels that way. And that's good to feel that way. But at the end of the day, again, because we follow Jesus and because Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he did, and because he himself found the scriptures to be correct, authoritative, and true, then so do we. Okay, any questions about anything? No? Okay, all right. Nope? Okay, next. Let's see what the next one is. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Okay, so this actually is probably... When it, comes to, when it comes to pain and suffering, this one is, is actually a pretty good argument that somebody who decides that they don't want to follow Jesus, this is probably a pretty good argument, okay? Pretty good. Still not good, but pretty good. Because here, here, here's the argument. If God is all-powerful and he's all-loving, right? If that's true, God's all-powerful and he's all-loving, Right? And yet there is pain and suffering in the world. How do you reconcile both of those realities? Because what somebody would say is, well, what I know for sure is that there's pain and suffering. We know for sure there's pain and suffering, right? Anybody here have a family member that's passed away in your life? Raise your hand. All right. Okay. Do we have anybody here that's in foster care? Raise your hand. Yep. I was in foster care. Kind of. Maybe. All right. Yep. Okay. Um, anybody here um, know somebody or have heard of somebody that's committed suicide? Raise your hand. Okay. Um, anybody here uh, hear about gun violence? Raise your hand. Right. Okay. Anybody here about maybe a newspaper uh, that came, not newspaper, they don't read those, but maybe they heard in the news about, I don't know, some mom or dad that went and killed their child. Anybody heard a story like that before? Yeah, okay. So we all know that pain and suffering exist, right? Um, we see it maybe um, when you see someone in a wheelchair or you see someone crying or you see someone dealing with depression. So we know that that's a reality, right? Is anybody here question if pain and suffering is real? Anybody? No. So we know that's real. So if that's real, then maybe what could make sense is to have an all-powerful God, but not an all-loving God. He's all-powerful. He could change this if he wanted to, but he's not all-loving, so he's not going to. He doesn't want to. That could make sense. Or maybe an all-loving God, but not an all-powerful God. So he's all-loving, right? He doesn't, he, he, you know, but he's not all-powerful. He can't actually stop evil and sin. Okay, that could even make sense. But what doesn't seem to make sense is to have an all-loving, all-powerful God, and yet the reality of evil and suffering. How does that work out? How does that work out? Well, let me just say this. The only way that that question is even valid is 
if you keep God's existence in the equation. In other words, if somebody says, well, I don't believe in God because of evil and suffering, then, well, if that's true, if there is no God, then there is no evil. There's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as good or bad. So how do you know that what is happening is necessarily bad or necessarily evil? If there is no God, there is no right or wrong, right? There's nothing. It's just how it goes. Let, let me give you a good example. When you see, like, you guys ever watch, like, you know, animals attacking each other, right? So when you see a shark eating a seal, we don't say, that shark committed murder, let's go and arrest him. We don't think the shark did anything wrong, Right? The shark didn't do anything morally wrong, right? Well, according to maybe atheistic thought patterns, um, we are no different. Like, in other words, if somebody wants to say that there is no God, that's fine. But then that what they, and if they want to be a good person, that's fine too, that's great. But what they can't do is they can't say, well, that means you should be good too. And so if we're going to talk about evil and suffering, the only way you're even able to ask the question is if there's a God that exists. In other words, the very fact that you're able to ask me, that question proves God's existence. It points to him, not away from him. Do you see that? You say, well, you still don't answer the question on why does God allow bad things to happen? You, no, what I did answer, though, is, is that it doesn't get rid of God. In other words, you still have to deal with God. Now, why? There could be all sorts of reasons why. There could be reasons that we don't even comprehend why that have to happen. But what the Bible does is the Bible gives us some whys, but the Bible actually gives us something greater than why. The Bible gives us the ability and understanding to trust God, whether we understand the why or not. Yeah. Let me give you an example. So my dad died of cancer, 15 years old, um, and uh, praying, praying, praying for him to be healed. And uh, we were, you know, in, my sister and I were in the living room, and we were there um, until he took his last breath, okay? Um, and so for a while, I kept asking God, why? If you're good, why are you going, why are you allowing this to happen? And, and you know what's funny is I thought that if I could understand why, that somehow it would make it all better. And you know what I realized is that it didn't. In fact, what most people realize is, is that once they get the why, it actually doesn't make it that much better. The pain is still there. The hurt is still there. And what you do realize is that there is a God that says, I didn't just create this world and leave it. I don't just look at this world and look at evil and suffering and walk away from it. But I look at this world, I see the evil, I see the pain, I see the suffering, 
and I joined in. I entered into it. I suffered along with. I took the cross and I died. And I entered into pain and suffering. And that is a God I can trust. That's a God I can trust. Not one that just kind of watches from the sidelines and says, well, let's see what they do with this. You know, let me just stir the pot a little bit and bring in some chaos and, and, you know, bring in some pain and let's just see how they handle it. But one that entered into the suffering and entered into the pain. And because of that, I know I can trust him. And that's actually the, and that's actually the bigger answer. The bigger answer is, even if God has a good why, will you trust him? See, and that's, and that's the real um, lie that Satan brought to Adam and Eve in the garden, isn't it? See, Satan was not trying to convince Adam and Eve that God didn't exist. Right? No. What he did was he tried to convince them of the lie that you can't trust him. Did God really say, well, you won't, no, that's not going to happen to you if you eat of the fruit. Do you see that? It's a trust issue. And so from that point forward, humanity started to believe the lie. They bought into the lie that I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know if God has my best interest at heart. It's a trust issue. Okay, any questions? No. Wow. Real. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's a good point. Is the other workshop done already? Oh, okay. It is. Okay. So uh, yeah, free will does have a part to play in it, um, which is which is simply this. Um, You know, God, God could have, he's powerful enough, right? He could have created us in such a way that we would be forced sort of robotically to obey his every command, right? God could have done that. Um, but that would not have meant that we love him. That just means that we were programmed to love him not because we actually do love him. Do you see that? And so if there is going to be a world that exists where actual love exists, and in order for actual love exists, it must be chosen, then free will has to come into effect. And so because of free will, then we as humanity have the free will to choose to obey and love or to not. And when we don't, then there are repercussions that come from those choices. And so a lot of the things that we may experience that are just sort of natural causes like cancer, um, not, you know, we can debate if that's natural, but or earthquakes or hurricanes or, or whatever, uh, really is just from a fallen world that is a result of um, Adam and Eve sinning. Now, if you're like, well, why do I have to pay the price for Adam and Eve they're the ones that made the decision. 
Why do I have to pay that price? Oh, because my friend, if you were Adam and Eve, you would have done the same thing. You see? If it would have been Roger and Becca, me and my wife, we would have done the same thing. You see that? There's no escaping it. Um, Because our hearts are always bent toward wanting to be our own God. That's what our heart does. Our hearts are always bent towards we want to be our own God. We want to be in control. And we do that in several ways, and then we'll wrap up. Um, If you do have questions about, I know we were going to get to what do we do if my friend is transgender? What do we do if my friend says, well, I can't serve God because I'm gay? If you have those questions, please come and see me, and we can talk through those. But... um, you know, but, but, here, but here's the reality. We, we try to be our, our own God in two ways. Either one, by running from him and not listening to him at all, right? Or the second way we try to be our own God is by being super, 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 super religious. Because if we're super, super religious, then all we want to do is we want to check off every box and we want to make sure we follow every rule that's what we do. We say, okay, God, tell me every rule. Tell me all the do's and don'ts. And I'm going to follow it to a T. I'm going to try to be perfect. But see, that's also trying to be your own God because all you're doing is saying, well, I'm going to earn heaven. If I follow all these boxes, then when I die, now, God, you owe me. And I have now earned my place. And so again, you're just trying to be your own God. 